Oh, I feel like all of us have made that joke about a million times since and we started. And how come it only counts when you make it? Because she's actually funny in your head. <laughs> oh! I like your jokes. I do. They're, yep. they're good. Yes. Me too, when I drink heavily. <laughs> but I will just look at her in the eyes with my hands up and I'll just go, Meow? Truck is a nervous eater, so her cheeks are just full of like cookies, and there's like crumbs everywhere. <laughs> she jumps up and goes and like bear tackles both of them. I, I'm wondering what type of creatures require these logs sharpened to a point. Why did they give this job to a bunch of children? Chapter two fifty. Kittens Part 7, the epilogue. Okay. So in the last episode, well, how did the last episode go? We failed. Fantastically <laughs> glorious. Actually, we didn't go down. I mean, really, we, we brought the house down. Yeah, I mean, um, the stall. It was more yeah. of just the, the awning, awning. Yeah, but yeah, the awning. <laughs> you say awning, I say house. Yes. If you're going to go, go big. Well, uh, now, see, that's sort of the glass half empty view. The glass half full is three of you did get away. So, um, With the book. The, we the created glass, a diversion. Yes. That's what happened. Yeah, you're yes, welcome. true, true. Yes, and, and, and Melanie's quite correct that you did escape with the book. So that's probably the most important thing. So One the, person's lie is another person's creative story. So those of us who created the diversion, I think we deserve thanks. Yes. Not this ridicule that is sure to come. Yeah. Would we do that to you, Matthew? Yeah, would yes. we do that to you? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, yeah, we would. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so yes, in the last episode, the uh, kittens had made it up and over the wall of Suvidis Cataracta, um, but then ended up uh, attracting the attention of the guards and had to flee through town. And through a series of mishaps, um, Shadow's Claw and Sunset ended up uh, being tangled up in a pile buried in an awning that they tried to climb or that shadow tried to climb and the guards jumped on you and the rest of you were able to scatter like scared cats and get away so um anyways we'll we'll um go back to shadow and sunset in just a little bit but first let's deal with the three that got away okay so you go pelting away um you know and it's one of those things where you you barely maintain contact with each other you know you're like running through the the streets and one person takes a corner and you all take a corner and oh there they are again and then you know one person dodges the other side of the street and you kind of lose track of them behind the fruit cart and oh there they are again and and finally what seems like hours later but it's probably no more than about two and a half minutes um you come to a stop you're basically pull up short around an alley corner uh which i guess makes you all alley cats now <laughs> and uh <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> destroyed the table good yeah you're welcome <laughs> and i didn't hear what was <laughs> i just did a like really weak laugh and that destroyed the table <laughs> yeah. it was great <laughs> Anyway, um, so uh, you're sitting there, your chests are all heaving from, you know, both the exertion and, and the stress, and everything is quiet, and you realize that you've gotten away 
And as we were saying before, on the plus side, you have the book. On the downside, two of your tabaxi friends and, you know, we're supposed to keep ourselves uh, hidden from the outside world have now been captured. But we can deal with that maybe a little bit later. Um, so for now, though, you have to make it to Galchabar's Tower. And you were almost there, almost there when this all happened. So what I need is a roll um, of stealth from all three of you with advantage because you've gotten yourself secreted in, you know, the alleyways of the market quarter. Oh. I got a 24. <laughs> I got a um, 24. 13. Uh, okay, well, 13. I'm carrying a very big bag. Yes, <laughs> and it clinks and clanks and makes all sorts of noises, yes. Uh, but 13 is more than enough, and you uh, make yourself, you know, quiet as a mouse, which is ironic with cats, um, through the mm. market quarter, and you find yourself on the very middle of the tower area and you notice the tower is standing in the middle of an island in the middle of the stream that basically kind of bisects the two halves of the city so there's kind of a market quarter on either side and um, there's two little tiny footbridges that jump across the island there and you just go and approach and after a short amount of time you find yourselves at the island with the tower. Am I there? Yeah, all the three of you okay, are. Yeah, okay. you were able to, to escape. I didn't give him an opportunity to get out of the awning. <sighs> but you're missing sunset and missing claw. Technically, we're missing snow so. as well. Yes. We, 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 ha we have the book. We have the book. We need to talk to Galtrabar and get him to get our friends out. Bang on the door. Okay. I can swim. I'm a swimming cat. Well, there's a little bridge over each side of it. I'm going to run. You're going to swim anyways. <laughs> you know, there's a bridge. <laughs> Despite the fact that it's a uh, swift current that leads to a, a drop of certain I'm not going to swim. I'm yeah. gonna... <laughs> okay, so you I'll go... use my cat's grace for a bit. Nonsense. By all means, swim. You, you, uh, you bang on the door, and um, after what seems to be an interminable amount of time, all of a sudden it creaks open, and this wizened old human it appears to be with just a little fluff almost cotton fluff of hair on the back of his head um kind of stooped over and wearing this kind of ridiculous robes with all sorts of little moons and suns and comet symbols on it uh kind of peeks out are, are, are you are you galchabar and he says oh my oh well this is a surprise oh i guess it's not too much of a surprise red said that you were coming here um do, do you have it uh, yes, but oh, come uh, in, come in, come in. But well, but two of our two of our companions have been caught by the guards. Oh my, this is most unusual. Okay, you here you have well, a tower in the city. Please, you have please, some authority. Please get inside. Um, and he ushers you inside. Um, and he says, "Which which one of you has it?" I'll point to uh, 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 Spoon. And he sort of just looks at you expectantly. There, Spoon. Well. Kind of look around his tower because I'm kind of amazed by it. Yeah, spoon, and, spoon, and, and, we don't have all now, day. Now we have people that are captive. Please. Now that you're actually inside and have a moment, yeah, mm -hmm. there's like brooms that are sweeping the floor by themselves. Yeah, I'm just and, like totally in awe. You know, books and papers that just kind of float from one floor to the other. And uh, can I grab his backpack? What are you gonna do? Um, just kind of set the bag down and like really sorry but stupidly slow because i'm so enamored by everything open the bag reach in grab the box pick it up 
staring really hard at one particular broom because it's pretty. Yes. And then just reach around with my fingers. And, and you, you find you find that Galchbar is actually holding on to the book <laughs> while, while you're still holding on yeah. to the book. It's kind of like, and then there's just like one of my claws will come out and go into a slot and then it, the claws that are holding the book release the book mm-hmm. and put everything back in the bag. And he says, oh, thank you. Um, are, are you aware of what this is? A broom. Uh, no, this. And he kind of just like taps you gently on the forehead with the book. Uh, a very bad book. Yes. It, I, I couldn't put it better. Um, this is the spell book of the enemy. And without it, he's been in a hideous state for the last little while. He's definitely been handicapped by this loss. Um, he's, in fact, been barely seen. He's been sending his minions out instead. And I think it's all because of this. Uh, the Tabaxi have done a great service to the entire kingdom. But it? but come inside. We'll have to make plans. Um, why did they give this job to a bunch of children? Well, well, we were kind of woken up in the middle of the night to, the, to evacuate. There were originally a lot more of us, yeah. and then we got attacked. And then yes. a horde of undead attacked. And, oh, it and begins one, to make sense now. And, and one of the people that is being held captive currently by the guard of the city, uh, her father was like, here, take this book and go run to this city. I just followed. He's, he's and Galchbar says, "Please, uh, I will. Let's go to the top, and we'll we'll rest there for a moment. At least you will. I Sp- I have Spoon is literally poking one of the brooms at this point. Yes, and it just kind of goes along, and then at some point, he just kind of just kind of sidles up to you, and, and it's almost like it's staring at you in the eyes. It's just like it's right staring, in front of your face, staring right. And then back. it goes off and does its work, and." Galchabar leads you up to the top of the tower, and it's most astounding because the entire top of the tower is covered in a crystal dome, which you can look up at the comet and see all the stars in the sky. And um, Galchabar uh, basically brings out a little tray with a couple of cups and saucers of tea on it. And he says, um, okay, well, your work here is done. And with the entire kingdom's thanks. You all rest here now. Um, have have some refreshments. And I will be back as soon as I can unwind this minor disaster. Um, you know, take your time. Uh, have a nap if you wish. I'll, I'll be back as soon as I can. Are they going to kill the t- other tabaxi? I ask, but, but as someone else's character. As soon as he leaves, mm-hmm. I look at the very first book I can, crack it open, and start reading. Okay. I don't eat, and I just stare at the door and, and wait for un- them to come back. Actually, roll for me a ten-sided dice. Eight. Okay. And it's actually a rather dull treatise on the herb lore, but you probably find it fascinating. I'm an alchemist. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, and, and it's about 500 pages long. So I mean, there's all sorts of illustrations about plants and, and their I'm associated properties. Very happy to read it. Yes. So anyways, about an hour later, um, we find ourselves in the dungeons of the castle. An hour? And in that hour time... Um, <laughs> Basically, sunset so you got landed on, and all right. of a sudden, you know, the, you have the the um, you know weight of claw sitting on top of you, and then all of a sudden the cl- the you know pressure just disappears, and boom, the canvas is pulled back, and you find yourself looking at a whole bunch of guards 
that are just pointing their spears right at you. And then there's a captain apparently in plate mail that has her sword out and is pointed right at you. And you kind of roll onto your back, um, you know, as the canvas comes off. And the, the captain just says, ye gods, what is this? Um, not to debase myself. I won't say this, but uh, my thought process is uh, I know humans keep uh, pets that look similar to us um, in that like a monkey would look like a human is sort of how we approach it. But I'm sure I know from my studies that humans probably see us more as cats than monkeys as humans. Right. Mm -hmm. Um but I will just look at her in the eyes with my hands up and I'll just go, meow. <laughs> and anyway, about an hour later, you find yourselves in a cell, a the two reaction. of you together. <laughs> um, all of your gear has been stripped. Um, you're just sitting there in your clothes. Of course, you didn't really have much. Spell book. Um, but, you know, you're, you're like, yeah, your spell book. Your, and my your sword. Do I need my spell book to cast cantrips? No, no. you can cast them okay. all you want. That's cool. um, you just can't. Yeah. You, you need to... Like to do your new you're spells at the beginning yeah. of the day. Yeah, you yeah, yeah you're yeah. also out of spell slots right now, right? No, I have one left. Uh-huh. So and I would have the of the three that I prepared. Yes, and you you're sitting there in your in your cell, and you can hear all of a sudden. I mean, you've barely been there. You've been there for like just a couple of minutes, but I mean, basically, you were kind of roughly um, drawn to your feet and marched back to the the keep and down, and all your gear was stripped off, and you. You're sitting there and you've barely been in your cell and you hear two pairs of footsteps coming down the hallway. And one of them, um, as, as the two humans come around the corner, one of them you recognize as the jailer who put you in this cell to begin with. But the other one is this wizened old man with just a fluff of cottony hair on the back of his head and this ludicrous looking outfit of robes with little stars and moons and comets and gold embossed on it and interestingly enough the jailer just kind of goes and turns a key and opens the door and galchabar basically just uh says to him says um and of course you realize that none of this ever happened and these people were never here and you hear the jailer saying well you realize that the rumors are already flying that this will be talked about for years. And, and Galchabar says, yeah, I realize that. But um, like any tale, it'll fade in time. But yes, uh, these creatures were never in your possession. And um, Galchabar just basically um, hands each of you a bundle, which you recognize as your things that they took from you. And he says, come with me, little kittens. Um You've had quite a day and caused quite a stir. Now try to keep your faces out of the light until we get to the tower. Okay, so Gauchabar has freed you there, Sunset and Shadow. And you wrap your cloaks back around yourself. And you take off with him into the dusk-filled streets. Um, It is very, very late. Um, It's, you know, probably 2, 3 in the morning at this point in time and uh, you you've got to that point where the night people have all started to go to bed but the day people haven't started getting up yet so there's just a little bit of a quiet time um here in the in the deepest part of of the uh the night and um so we've got a board laid out here 
and you'll notice that there are eight uh, spaces of Candyland, basically, between <laughs> the uh, jail and the tower. So if we could put the tabaxi there on, on jail. So what I need from you on each one of these is a stealth roll with advantage because you're all bundled up and there's almost nobody around. And um, if you fail a stealth roll, then there's going to have to be an additional roll to see if you can repair the uh, damage that you just did. Okay, so um, on the first one, let's have our advantage stealth roll to get through square number one of going. This is both of us? Both of you, yes. Ooh. Uh, 22. 18. Okay, so no problem with square number one, so <laughs> move it forward. And then let's go to square number two as you continue to wind your way through the streets of Sibidis Cataracta. Is this one just a flat roll? No, this is all This is all be with advantage. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, Shadow? <laughs> 14? Uh, 14? Okay. 17. Okay, yes. Once again, you are able to make it through there. It was, you, you had a kind of a... Uh, a tense moment. Um, so sunset, you noticed there was a uh, worker of some sort. Um, you know, must have just gotten off from whatever late night duties he had, and he's kind of walking the other way. And and Galchabar is just kind of striding along, confidently, uh, like he's got no cares in the world. But you notice the worker just kind of glances over at Shadow there, and then he just kind of stares at him as he goes past. And then nothing comes of it. And you, you feel he was probably maybe um, intrigued about the fact that, you know, you've disappeared into the dark recesses of the cowl of your hood. And maybe that caught his attention, but not enough that he wanted to investigate. So. He's like, I already, Wait, I'm on my way home. Can't Galchabar <laughs> do something to help us, like make us invisible? He's well, so, maybe, that, maybe, hey. maybe he is doing something because you, you've been doing okay so far. Okay. And Thanks, then, and then <laughs> square number three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, we keep getting Eleven. lower. Uh, that'd be 15 for me. Okay. So move the thing to square number three there. And um, so this time as you're going through there, just a little bit of a breeze blows. And um, you notice it just blow the uh, cloak away from Shadow's legs and his little hairy little cat legs stick out. And this time it does attract the attention of one of the guards that's going by. So what are you going to do to try to repair this uh, breach here? What, what, can, what, what skill could you possibly uh, focus on here? To... Um, it's, where is the, this person in relation to us? He's just, he's just coming the other direction. Okay. A, you know, a pair of guards. And then, like I said, the, the, wind, the little Zephyr blows the uh, cloak away from, from uh, Shadow's legs and his legs stick out. And, the, and you just see him just kind of, you know, just sort of do a double take and freeze. Okay. Um, so. I, I going to because I, I think I succeeded with a 15. Mm -hmm, yeah. Okay. Um, I noticed that. So I'm going to. Um, oh, wait. Faint musical notes. 
Uh, so I can make like a voice sound with prestidigitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna make or, a or, or a sound. Yeah. This sounds yeah. like muffled voices. Or I'm gonna something. I'm gonna make a sound like muffled voices, like like uh, drunk people stumbling out around the corner, something they'd be more interested in. Okay. Um, uh, behind that person with prestidigitation. Okay. So um, give us a Arcana roll. Okay. With advantage, because you you made your stealth roll, so they're not expecting anything from you. Uh, 13. Okay. So 13 does it. And so, you know, you, uh, you like I said, they do a double take on you and then, um, sunset makes some sounds appear from, you know, basically around the corner in the alley. Like, you know, someone had, had uh, gotten into, uh, an altercation and you see the guards wheel and Galchabar just kind of grabs your cloak there, um, shadow and moves surprisingly fast for a gentleman of his age and the uh, guards, you know, kind of quickly look down the alley. And when they look back, you're not there. You know, that was a better challenge that I was going to do, which was simply to draw my sword and kill them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad I did that. That, 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 <laughs> that, that, that might have ended poorly. Yeah. Isn't Galtabar like super powerful? Couldn't he like teleport you guys back to You'd the tower think. Or I mean, hey, maybe he has his reasons. Well, he, he, he's also known as kind of that kooky wizard in the tower that people debate whether he's actually a wizard or just some kooky old guy. So he, He's actually he a 20th level fighter, only has like two <laughs> levels in wizards. Yeah, he, he, he may have to keep his Gandalf. head down. Yeah. Yeah. He has, he has magic Gandalf bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just... <laughs> He I only know a couple of cantrips. He knows two like, cantrips and a first level spell. Yeah. Produce flame and light. <laughs> wow. Um, and I, as a budding wizard, am not questioning anything that this wizard is yeah. doing. This is like well, actually, my hero. roll for me an, an Arcana roll on him. Uh, that would be a one. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say that I chose to fail that because yeah, I. <laughs> so he, he yeah you can't. I don't want to see through my own illusion. He is so powerful you cannot get a read on him. <laughs> Good, good. <laughs> okay, so uh, so you are about a third of the way through the uh, the adventure here. So go to number four. We'll be halfway through. So a s- double stealth roll at this point again. Twenty three. Seventeen. Okay, yes, you are able to stick to the shadows and and uh, stay out of sight. So move us forward one more. So number five. Seventeen. 13. Okay, that does it. So um, a couple of tense moments, but you make it to five. We go to square number six as you get closer and closer. Ooh. Oh, that's a nine. 14? 18. Okay, yes. Uh, so apparently uh, you're more on your toes since you had that uh, scary moment with the uh, with the guards and you're st- staying, uh, staying stealthy here. And then number seven. 25. 22. Okay. Yes, definitely. You, Making you, a lot you, of noise there, Sunset. You, you, you've <laughs> sharpened your game here. And finally, square number eight, as you go through the market square and appear next to the tower. 17. 21. Okay. Whew. So we had a couple of uh, scary moments in the middle. and uh, But you make it to the tower, and Galchabar just leads you up and over the footbridge. And he turns the knob on the, the – or not the knob, but the pulls on the handle of the front door there and opens it up and it's just a tower going you know with a a thing going up and up and there's like rooms here and there um and you have the same experience as do the other tabaxi Mm. there are brooms that go by themselves sweeping the floor there are candles 
that just kind of hover around you as you start going up the up the up the stairs and then um there's you get to the top and the entire top of this tower is a giant crystal dome and it seems to be kind of Gauchabar's study slash office i mean there's couches and and a desk and books 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 stacked up every which direction and but you just have a glorious view out the top of the tower of the starfield sky and the comet that just completely covers the sky almost from one end to the other um, and at the same time you also can look down and you're right next to the waterfall so there's just a dizzying view here from the top of the tower over the wall edge of the waterfall and you can just see it disappearing into the depths below and way down below you can just see the, the little trickle of the river as it comes out on the base of the of the uh, waterfall and the cataract of fluvius as it flows downhill out towards the mare i'm just like psyched because i'm yep. in a wizard's house yes this is the best day of my life i'm curious how he has so many unseen servants <laughs> yes well, apparently you're going to have to remain curious because uh, he he, uh, he doesn't doesn't seem to come forth with any kind of an answer there. And Tabaxi remaining curious? Yeah. Not. <laughs> well, you, you know the adage, you know, curiosity rewarded the cat. So, uh, but anyways, you're very, although very, very happy to see um, Burnt and Nep and Truck are already there, and. Uh, I'm assuming you guys will jump up and when they arrive and I say, ah, I see my diversion has spared you. Mm. Truck is a nervous eater. Yes, we did this on purpose. You're welcome. Truck is a nervous eater, so her cheeks are just full of like cookies and there's like crumbs everywhere. <laughs> she jumps up and goes and like bear tackles both of them in a hug. <laughs> Spoon is completely ignoring all of this. He's got his sketchbook and notebook out and is drawing and taking notes on everything he can see about these brooms. And and, and you notice that he also seems to have picked up a book on... um, That clearly does not belong to him, but it does now. It's a a book on on the natural world, herb lore, and apparently just is page, page, page devouring it. So he uh, couldn't be happier. And... uh, Galchabar says, uh, now, um, everybody wait here a little bit. Let me send a message. I think I can make your next step up the hill just a little bit easier. And he uh, kind of goes over to a little book holder where there's a book, and he uh, you kind of see him murmuring there, and he comes back and says, yes, uh, your ride will is available down at the docks. We'll head down there momentarily. Is it a magic ride? Um, of the mundane sort. Oh. It was like I thought wizards could transport us or do something fantastical that would like be, that. Would well, be better if we after did it that uh, way. the uh, unorthodox way of your arrival. I think we need to keep as low profile as possible. Uh, we'll s- sneak you out the way normal people sneak in, and hopefully none will be the wiser. It's so, probably right about now that Spoon will look and go. Oh, sun, dark. When did yeah. you get here? <laughs> <laughs> and I begin to relay tales of all the guards we fought. I'm already back in the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all the plant guards we fought. Very good, yes. He the, didn't the, take the book from me, so it's mine now. I'm just saying that right <laughs> now. <laughs> yes. 
and um, that's gonna be the book we need when we go visit Galchabar. And he's like, "Do you have like we need some sort of plant?" And he's like, "Oh yes, this book over. Where does this book go?" <laughs> oh man, you just gonna damage our main party by taking that book? You know, in the pits, if someone's took a book from me, I would slay them. Good thing Galchabar is none the wiser. Very good. So you all are able to have a nice reunion, and then you settle down. You're basically able just to hide there in the tower for the rest of uh, for the rest of the day. And Galchabar gives you profuse thanks for getting your mission done. And then he um, basically takes you out the next evening, and you interestingly enough go to the docks at the edge of the cliff face where you saw that giant airship go to and they're basically deserted at this hour there's almost nobody there there's a lot of people in the quarter where the docks are you know all of the all of the sailors on the the ships are there but um galjabar kind of apparently knows the best ways to go to get there and you end up on the docks and there's this really kind of dubious looking ship that's there it's you can see at one point half of it seems to have been ripped off and replaced with new wicker on its basket and the envelope is is newish looking but still patched but there's this kind of swarthy looking woman with braids tied around in her hair that's wearing an eye patch and um, as you approach she kind of steps off the boat and says well this is them eh and Galchbar says yes um Danya if you could Help them out. I'm sure they would appreciate a ride. And she ushers you onto the boat, and it kicks off. And it starts going up. She basically has it rise straight up, and then goes over the city, which you didn't see a single one of the the ships doing before. And the view is amazing. You can see everyone, you know, scrambling around like so many so many little ants there below you. And starts going up the hill instead. And you can actually feel the, the uh, airship kind of struggling. Um, you know, you get the feeling that they usually don't go this direction. Um, but you're going up and up. So anyways, after quite a while um, in the uh, ship there, um, the eastern horizon starts to lighten up. And you guys realize that you are now high in the mountains. You crossed the snow line a while ago. And you see Dania, and, and the, sh- the ship has been kind of struggling, trying to, I mean, you get the, the ones, the ships that you saw previously, they were going like right and left and left and right. They seemed to circle the Mare. You didn't see any, even one of them going up the hill. Um, and yeah, you get the feeling that this is a bit of a task for an airship to do. Um, and you, you just see waves of heat coming out of the cage in the middle of the uh, ship up into the envelope. And it's just, you know, constantly filling the envelope. And, and uh, even then, it's, it's just kind of really making it difficult. But slowly, inch by inch, you get higher into the mountains and, and approach this one peak. Well, peak's not the right word. It's a promontory. It's certainly not a peak. Uh, but it, it does stick out a little ways. And um, you can't help but notice. Jade, Jade would know the difference between the different Malogtane features. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you notice that Truck's fur is beginning to stand out. And she just kind of shifts back and forth from foot to foot uh, with just general excitement. Do you have 
crackers or cookies in your cheeks again? Are you okay? Uh, most of my family's here. Oh, so most more of you. Yeah. So we're gonna get to meet them all. And anyways, you keep approaching, and the readout is not really a fortress, a fort, I guess you'd call it, um, a blockhouse, a strong point. Um, around the edge of the promontory, um, logs have been jammed, sticking straight out, and have been sharpened to a point, um, basically making it almost impossible to approach it from underneath without basically able to crawl over the logs and be savaged by whatever is behind it. And the rest is basically just kind of this almost almost rectangular building. It kind of narrows a bit towards the top, but it's basically a, just a big block um, building of uh, carven stones. Um, and there's a bunch of basically shuttered, darkened windows um, that look fairly menacing from back here, but uh, with, you know, truck almost dancing in place um, has a little bit less of a sinister feel until you get close and all of a sudden tabaxi just start pouring out carrying bows and spears and these are the mountain tabaxi um, there's a bunch of them that say you know have the same markings as truck but you also see more of the sleek cougar type tabaxi and even ones that have gray with little patches of uh, darker gray that you look like snow leopard markings. Um, and actually, now that you think about it, it looks remarkably like snow does. Oh. Yeah. Um, and as you approach, you see them basically form up in a defensive perimeter. And, you know, they're all holding, you know, their bows at the ready. Um, and are you going to do anything at this point, Truck? I'm going to run over to the side of the airship. <laughs> Um, and take my sword out and wave it ab above my head as like a kind of like a waving signal. That's okay. popping the balloon over. Our head. <laughs> <laughs> Slices it in half. <laughs> I, I'm wondering what type of creatures require these logs sharpened to a point. And then I'm going to put it down and start waving furiously. And, yes. and then they all shoot her to death because they, 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 <laughs> they took that as a threat. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, and, um, and they all visibly relax when they see um, Truck at the at the front of the, the uh, ship. And Donnie just kind of expertly <laughs> brings it in and just kind of settles the nose right on the edge of the courtyard. Um, in actually kind of the... the the back end is cradled in a couple of these uh, big logs that stick out. And she says, no, quickly, jump off before we uh, get any crosswinds. I can't hold it here for long. I'll leap off the side of the ship. Not even like where like the it's supposed to be. I'm just going to jump. Jump. Very good. Actually, give me an acrobatics roll. You're going to fall on a sharpened log. <laughs> Insta death. Uh, tw 23? <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, so yeah. she, she, You're going to miss a sharpened log. She, she totally Iron Man the, the landing and uh, then bounce up, and you see a bunch of other tabaxi that are, have similar markings to her just kind of mob her. About eight of them. Yeah. and uh, Nine of them. And uh, then um, she uh, kind of separates herself, and uh, the rest of you are able to uh, exit in a much more stately manner. I'm going to walk off extra slow just to bother Danya. <laughs> I'll walk <laughs> off, but with my hand on the hilt of my sword. I don't trust these mountain folks. 
Well, they, they do seem to be kind of rough folks. So there's no doubt about it. Burns going to look at Danya and say, can I stay with you? <laughs> and he says, I have things to do, but thank you. Okay, let's go. And she just kind of gives you a gentle shove off there. Turns Get the off boat. of my ship. <laughs> like a cat on a recliner. <laughs> Stumble down the gangplank, shrug, and just keep walking. And, and she starts to slowly raise it up. She says, no offense, but the last group I had with me got me stuck with a brass dragon. <laughs> and she just kind of expertly backs it up and away. And you just see the ship kind of glide down the hill into the distance. And she gets, gives you kind of a jaunty wave. And there you are standing in the middle of the group. And there's this whole group of people that look vaguely like truck that are just kind of staring at you. I want to look and see if anybody from the treehouse is here. Not in the courtyard. No, these are all seems to be warriors. Do you guys want to meet my family? I don't think we have a choice. Uh, well, these three, and I point over to um, three of them that look eerily similar. We have a wheelbarrow with wood chips, trowel in the dirt, and half full watering can. <laughs> the one, the one, the one next to them is uh, automated sprinklers. Next to Bert ne- actually perks up at that one. Next, next to her is rake with leaves. Next to them is rock on the trail, and their twin sniff the rocks. And where's the other one? Lack of creativity, or you mean or? transplanted coriander? Yeah. They're right around the corner. You I mean, you did ask. That's so specific. No, there's oh, only man. transplanted cumin as well. And I'm like, wow. No wonder they bristle with spears and bones. With with names like this, no one would take them seriously. <laughs> Sleeps with Daisy. Wow, that's fearsome. I go up Actually, and punch him in the that's gut. That's her cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you go inside and you get to meet the uh, leader of the fort. Sleeps with Daisy, and uh, anyway, so yeah, she brings you inside, and you are pleased to run into all of a sudden a group of Tabaxi come out. You know, they're all all in the main room. They just jump to their feet, and it's your party. Well, most of your party. And you guys are very happy um, to realize that not only is that there, but at least half of the adults that you left so many days ago are already there, including Sunset, your father. Oh my gosh, I will immediately start crying. And um, he comes and gives you a huge hug and he says, Sunset, you did it. I knew you could. Yes, it was 100% me, Dad. I did all the work. It's like, well, I knew I knew my little girl could do yes. it. I'll whisper and to my cousin, wheelbarrow with soil, and be like, <laughs> she was not alone. And he, he gives you a big hug well with, with one arm because the, you know, the other arm is wrapped in this huge sling. And interestingly enough, up comes snow. And full body tackle. Yeah, well hug you you kind of you kind of think differently of that because I mean he has a, a healed gash down one side of his face and he also has an arm that's actually in a cast. So he had quite a story to tell too. Uh, Snow, how did you get here? Oh, um, hi, truck. Hello. Uh, okay, it's going to sound crazy. I know it's going to sound crazy. Mm-hmm. A lot has happened in the last however many days it's been. So I went out to get firewood 
and it was um a little bit uh I went a different direction than I would normally have gone and I saw this huge pile of just perfect firewood and so me being the clever sneaky person that I am I decided to sneak over and investigate what it is and I just like started picking up all the really good uh wood that I can off of it and then it started moving and I like oh my goodness I realized it was a shambling mound and I knew that I needed to get out of there and so I ran as fast as I could and this shambling mound was shambling after me and it snapped a whole bunch of trees in front of me they fell in front of me it hit my face that's why I have this scar now and it broke my arm so now that's why I'm in a sling and then uh I kept running and running and running I was in so much pain I couldn't really remember what's happening and then I suddenly ran into the the ranger and he quickly took me away and was able to save me from this terrifying shambling mound. And then uh, we met up with the adults and I, uh, they treated me for my wounds. And then they, um, and then I told them all about what we just did. And we had the book and that we were headed off to Svitas Cataracta and they were very uh, thankful and happy that we were all still alive and uh, you know, not dead. And uh and now I'm here. And you know, it, it's it's like one of those moments, you know, where in those movies where everyone gets off the plane and their families are waiting for them, but Shadow has no one to wait for him. So There's he stands alone. Here? Huh? There's a tiefling here. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Do you Talking have about- someone named Stabs with pencil? <laughs> talk talk about a lack of. Uh, originality oh i feel like all of us have made that joke about a million times since and we how started. come it only counts when you make it because she's actually funny and you're not <laughs> oh i like your jokes i do they're yes. they're good yes. me too when i drink heavily <laughs> i am one with the force and the force is with me <laughs> building lightsabers was cool i'm one with the force, and the force is with me. <laughs> trademark Anyways, so there you find yourself. You've um, they did lose um, several of the adults, none of which, thankfully, were your family members. But um, yeah, that part was a little bit sad. But you're uh, overjoyed to be reunited with the um, parents that you know you do know, and uh, um, Truck's family basically uh, throws you an enormous party for succeeding on the thing and you're in uh, sunset your father is just ridiculously proud of the work that you did getting all the way to Civitas Cataracta with the book and getting it turned in yeah it was all me yeah mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't be couldn't be happier and um as the sun begins to uh Set. climb high into the oh. side Aww. opposite glinting off of the uh the crystalline snow all the way around that's where we're gonna stop today. Dungeon Master's Notes. Okay, well, first off, let's just establish that this is my world. I made it up, I made the rules, I make the backstory, I make the lore, blah, 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 blah. But 
sometimes as a dungeon master you just have to nod and accept what the player is doing. I'm having to do that a lot already with uh, Drew and the Dag Dragonborn. Uh, there was a bunch of times there where he was li listing out Dragonborn lore, and I'm like, yes, this is totally the way it works. Yeah, I told, Drew and I talked about this. This is exactly how it works. And yeah, I mean, he did a great job, so why would I change it to be any different, even if that's not the way I would have come up with it myself. Similarly, um, some of the names of Truck's cousins, not ones I would have come up with, but I'm going to nod my head and say, yeah, this is totally the names that the uh, Mountain Tabaxi would have. And why not? You know, uh, Melanie is one of the Mountain Tabaxi, so she knows better than me what their, their names are. And they were hilarious. So we all enjoyed that. Um, the other couple things I wanted to mention, um, I was going to put in a stealth check to the docks after everyone left Galchabar's tower, but kind of realized that we just did that with getting to Galchabar's tower and it was kind of redundant. So I deleted that whole idea. And then I can't believe no one has looked to see what powers Dania's airship. Um, so four years ago, when they first joined John, Dania's airship, the, you know, she pulls the grates on the cage, hot air flows up into the envelope and lifts it off. No one ever looked in there to see it. They've ridden on it multiple times. I mentioned it multiple times. No one's looked in there to see it. Uh, one more time here with the uh, tabaxi. No one was curious enough to go take a look. Um, so I'm going to let you, the listener, in on that secret. If they'd ever looked, there's actually a fire snake, a larval salamander that uh, Donnie replaces from time to time who lives in there happy as a clam and just the inherent heat from its body uh, inflates her envelope and allows her airship to rise and if they'd ever gotten close enough the fire snake would have whipped them for 1d4 damage which would have been hilarious and then the last thing to mention so the kittens are successful they've been reunited with their parents Everything is good in the, with the world. They've been able to get to this readout high in the mountains with the mountain tabaxi. And I can't help <laughs> but wonder, as the uh, scene fades to black on this one, um, this thing's going to be rapidly surrounded by so much snow they're not going to be able to leave for months. I'm kind of wondering if these guys are all going to kill each other by the end of winter. But uh, I guess um, that's up to you, the listener, to dream up. Or maybe we'll come back and visit them again sometime. Who knows? But anyways, uh, thanks for listening to this little mini-series. Uh, before, we've had kind of the side quests. We've just interleaved them in. But for once, we decided we're just going to do the whole thing as one solid mini-series and get it done. And it was kind of fun to do it. So that was neat. So let us know what you think. Uh, subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Follow us at Relic of the Past or Relic of the Past Podcast on your social media feeds. And articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside all of our heads. <laughs>